Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. Welcome in. Welcome in, as we like to say sometimes, right, Chris? We do. Welcome in. <laughs> to you as well. Thank you. To me, to me as well as well. Uh, I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and Chris Sheridan is your co-host. How are you doing today? Doing great. It's a rainy day here in L.A., and it's just what we needed, so it's all good. It is. And I'm it's... inside. I'm warm and dry inside, and I'm looking out, and it's cold and wet. So, so that's a good thing. I'm on the right side of nature you're at this point, yeah. <laughs> you're chocolate up for civilization. Their civilization has, has its benefits at times, doesn't it? Sure. We, we rail against it at times, and then sometimes when we're sitting in a snug home, you know, with a nice light on and some heat, uh, we, we realize what we got. So there you go. Um, this is the Cosmic Eye Show, and uh, we do a new show every week. Every uh, Monday they come out. Uh, we study esoteric, spiritual, psychological, philosophical material, etc. Uh, so we thank you, uh, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for joining us each week. Thanks uh, to those who are supporting us as well. Uh, and if you can, uh, go ahead and support us at Anchor.fm/CosmicEye. Uh, you can financially support us through there. Or if you if you can't uh, afford that, just uh, share us on social media. It always helps to get the word out. So we would greatly appreciate that if you could do that. You know, we're talking about purpose today, and, and one, of the, uh, one of the things we're going to get into is the idea of, you know, higher purpose and putting ourselves in alignment with that order. And, you know, we feel like we're, we're trying to do that here with this show. This is one of the things that Chris and I are doing that, you know, helps to support our, our own purposes. And uh, we hope that we can, you know, share in your purpose to, to, to share good things with other people and to try to make the world a little bit better place by sharing uh, the ancient wisdom and, you know, modern takes on the ancient wisdom and, and traditions and so forth uh, that we feel uh, can help people today live uh, live a better life. So, help us out if you can. I think it'll uh, you know it'll help you on your own purpose as well. All right. So, like I said, we're going to talk about about purpose. We may touch on the idea of goals. Um, we're going to get into the idea of the heart being involved with that, and then we're mainly drawing this from a great lecture note that actually Chris brought up and I appreciate you for doing this. Thank you uh, that you brought this one in. I had not uh, heard of this one. This is a lecture note in Manly Hall's lecture note uh, 033 called the great vow of Kuan Yin, the way of salvation in Northern Buddhism. So we're going to pull a lot of our stuff from that. You don't have, have to have read that. Uh, and also it's, you know, it's pretty general, like, like Manly Hall's stuff, Chris, Chris and I focus on things in a way like, you know, we'll look at, uh, we'll look at some tradition or we'll look at some idea or some spiritual concept or we'll pull from a book or whatever. But, you know, generally what we're trying to do is go to the heart of it and find the usable information that's in there that can help you live a better life. And that's kind of one of, again, getting back to the idea of purpose. That's one of our purposes here on the show. Um, I'm just going to read this first. I think he really sets this up well. And this is just Manly Hall in a nutshell right here. Uh, this first, this first paragraph of this on page one. By the way, is this something that's a, that's out there floating around, available that they can that they can find that our listeners can find, Chris? Uh, I think so. Okay, uh, it, it has been offered over time. I would go to the prs.org. That's who you know would have these. For the sale. lecture notes. If anybody, yes. Okay, it would perfect. be there. Okay. All right, very good. So yeah, this is a series. And they did these at the prs. These lecture notes, and Manley Hall obviously was such a prolific speaker. Um, and writer as well, but much, what would you say, I mean, are the percentages of, of 
you know, of written material that's based on his, his talks? Is it 60, 70%, 80%? I mean, it's high, right? Yeah, it's Versus... incredibly high. Well, all these lecture notes, uh, all 333 of them, I think, because uh, oh, that's cool. Are transcripts from lectures, from lectures, yeah, from live lectures. So yeah. they're all about ten thousand words, which is about you know eighty ninety minutes of um, of Spoke, a lecture, spoken word lecture, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they're verbatim, yes, but they have been a uh, couple things, ums and ahs, and you know whatever have been cleaned up in the print version. Yeah, but yeah, I've yeah. seen some of the notes, having mm-hmm. uh, had access to the archives there. Uh, and and it was very um, very slight. Okay, uh, it was very, and some of them were just sort of obvious. Yeah, um, that you would oh just cross that out or you know reverse yeah. those two words, uh, but they were they were incredibly minor. Uh, so it wasn't like a rethinking. So this is pretty much you know his spoken voice. Well, that's um, one of the uh, the impressive things about him is his ability to 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 speak so in such a focused way in in a in a. In an, in an extemporaneous fashion, but it was very put together and, you know, and it was very coherent and, you know, and like it, very few people would be able to just extemporaneously speak each week. And then they would be able to, you know, print this out into a book that feels like it, it was, it was written, you know, and he didn't work from notes as, as we know, and he, he was really just pulling, pulling out of the ether and, you know, out of things he had read and so on. And, I mean, did, do you know, did he prepare for these, these lectures and like with outlines and things, or did he just read beforehand? Do you have any idea like how he actually prepared for his, his like Sunday morning talks or the lectures that he did? Um, somewhat. Um, yeah. I can say for sure. I don't know to what degree and what, what manner, but definitely uh, books were pulled from the library. Yeah. Uh, there was, you know, time spent uh working on it from people who did work there during yeah. the library during that time that i've heard directly so i can say that for sure so he would come in and check out books germane to the topic and and digest that material before he did the shows and things like that then yes yeah. and um the lectures themselves were always planned at least you know three months in advance like the titles okay. of them yeah so this it had it even you know three or four month pre-planning just even if he hadn't figured out what he was going to talk about. Yeah. He knew, he knew enough to say, Oh, this would be interesting to actually title it with a subtitle. This is the great vow of Kuan Yin. Yeah. The way of salvation in Northern Buddhism. Sure, uh, sure. But he would have thought of that, you know, maybe up to three or four months before he even gave this lecture and which was given on May 28th, 1961. Okay. So okay. there you go. All right. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. to, <laughs> that's a, a relevant. No, that's not, that's but he, no. We it's can helpful. Talk about, yeah, uh, Mr. Hall and we do and his works and uh, and you know the the good thing about having these lecture notes, you know, hopefully they are available. Um, is that they're only a few bucks, and you know you can mark. They're not heirlooms. You know, you can yeah, you can yeah. mark on them, and it's it's really interesting because you can pull for Manley who would speak nonstop for an hour and a half, yeah. uh, but you can pull out some sound bites or underline some passages. Yeah, get it. You know, they're in there. You just have to kind of work for it. But using a, a print version, or if you like it on the iPad or something, it's a good yeah. way to uh, uh, to get this material and pull out what's what makes sense to you. You know, the yeah, the, exactly. I think that's one of the things. There's such an offering that you know the, the most important thing is what does it mean to you? Yeah, in any of this, and that's, we're going to talk about what some of this information meant to us. In the, 
this week's reading. Exactly. And so, um, you know, with that, that in mind, um, I'm going to read this first, uh, this first paragraph that he, that he, that he does here. Uh, by the way, if you want more information, uh, or you want to listen to some of his, uh, his, his lectures, uh, Manly Hall Society on YouTube has a lot of great lectures there, right? Yes. Um, and, and other, other sources, but those Manly Hall Society ones are particularly good. Uh, they're, they're well cleaned up and well, well chosen. And, um, and, uh, the person who runs that is certainly a, a Manly Hall, uh, aficionado and expert. All right. So, um, we are going to, uh, look at this, uh, this first paragraph, the end of learning is not the increase of knowledge, but the improvement of character. As we study the wide variety of subjects, therefore, we should always keep in mind a rather simple concept. How will this information help us to live better lives with deeper understanding and greater courage? So just kind of the manly all version of what you just said, Chris. Um, and that's, you know, and that's why we do study this information each, each week. And that is one of our, our purposes here on the show is to get at the kind of the heart of, of some of these interesting ideas, esoteric or occult ideas, um, mysteries, myths, and so on and say, okay, well, how can we take that and apply it to our own life and make, um, and make that have meaning in our lives and help it to inform kind of where we're going. And that's really what this whole, this whole uh, lecture is about, um, you know, ostensibly speaking about uh, Kuan Yin. Kuan Yin, of course, is a Chinese deity. Uh, she is a Buddhist um, deity of compassion. Uh, she's considered either a, a goddess or a bodhisattva, depending on who you, you speak to. And really, she's the embodiment of compassion. What that what that really means, though, is that that, that that's that it's that archetype of compassion, that archetype of caring and understanding and serving others uh, that she sort of um, holds for us, you know, as an, as an archetypal figure. Uh, another uh, related figure to this, to this Kuan Yin uh, uh, image is, is Avolo uh, Kateshvara, who's a, a male figure, but also related to this figure. Um, some of the other, the other figures in, in Tibetan Buddhism, they have a, they have a, a bodhisattva called uh, Chen Rezig that is Avoli Kateshwara. Avoli Kateshwara is the, the, um, the Sanskrit name of this particular uh, deity. And really what it all boils down to is the idea of this, um, this Buddhist concept of the bodhisattva vow. The bodhisattva vow. So in Buddhism, you know, you take refuge. That's one of the first steps uh, in the three jewels of Buddhism. Um, and then uh, another one of the, the, the steps in the process, and, and these are these are voluntary steps that you would take as you as you progress in your Buddhist studies. But another one of them, uh, at least in the Mahayana schools, and that's the northern schools that he's talking about, mainly Tibetan Chinese and so on. The southern Bud- Buddhism is more uh, is more what's known as the Hinayana school, which is um, more individually oriented. The Mahayana school is concerned more with um, trying to save all beings. Um, and this is an oversimplification because they're also compassionate to the community as well, the Hinayana Buddhists. But mainly, you know, there's the idea that you have to do this yourself. Whereas in Mahayana, uh, the idea is that you can help to do this for others. And there are deities who can help you to achieve your, you know, your enlightenment or your, you know, release from, from samsara or what, what, what have you, uh, that, that Buddhahood of your own, uh, through your own efforts, uh, but also with the help of, um, you know, benevolent beings that are guiding you. 
And Guan Yin is one of these such beings. But the idea then is that, you know, so we take on this vow, uh, the Bodhisattva vow. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I don't want to monopolize. I feel like I'm monopolizing. So let's talk uh, about the Bodhisattva vow and kind of what that means um, in terms. Yeah. Uh, Well, just uh, simply, I guess over simply, uh, because I'm really a lay person, uh, a Bodhisattva is one of the goals of having multiple lives and reincarnations that each time you come back, not you get punished for what you did before, but you have a chance to do it better and do it, move the ball down further and uh, grow that much deeper and further uh, in your soul's path with multiple lives until you reach a point where you kind of figure everything out or you've achieved everything. You've been able to transcend um, this earth plane. You've gotten through the world of illusions seen beyond them uh and to come back again would be like okay you already know the trick you already know the game it's uh but you can instead of moving forward you can actually stay uh back and as a bodhisattva which would take a vow um, of uh you know dedication um, to this end is to come back and help others and stick around until others have moved up the ladder too so not for your own ambition uh, or even your own salvation, because you've already achieved it, the moksha, you've uh, you know, transcended um, yep. the maya, and uh, arrived at this, but you're coming back because it's a choice. So as something the vow is, to, you know, what I get out of it is that it's something to do with that dedication that you're dedicated mm-hmm. to, uh, but you're also using the skills and knowledge that you gain from your pathway Mm-hmm. Uh, of getting through life. So it's really just helping another person. Yeah. Uh, we can do this in very simply today. <laughs> we can do this every day. Uh, whatever we've picked up along the way, chances are there's somebody out there that hasn't. And even though we may take it for granted, somebody else, you know, maybe could benefit from that in some way, even just by being an example yeah. in the world. So we have a little chance to be many bodhisattvas um, daily. We can get into more of the, the practical thing with it, but but that's yeah. kind of what I got about the the dedication. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, Very good. Of that's, the uh, vow. Yeah, and I, I think it's 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 aligning oneself with uh, with a universal purpose as opposed to a more individualized kind of purpose of one's life or goals in one's life. Um, you know, you're dedicating yourself or taking this purpose on of helping to to enlighten and share and heal others um you know in a in a way that you know is foregoing your own sort of buddhahood or your own sort of transformation into you know into a different state um until all those others are are brought along as well um and that's why uh you know so mahayana you know the word mahayana means uh, if i'm not mistaken big ferry boat so in other words like you're trying to pile everybody in there get everybody to the other side whereas right. hinayana is small small ferry boat i think and it's more of an individual you know getting across this kind of great divide to the other side uh, this enlightened state or what have you um so, so that's, that's, you know, but, but the thing is that purpose and whether it's in a, a Buddhist context or, or not really is, is what, is what we're, what we're talking about. And it's having that purpose in your life to, um, to, to do something greater than yourself. Now we, we're all going to have our, our specific goals and our individual desires. Maybe we love music. Maybe we love fashion. Maybe we love business teaching, you know, art 
whatever manufacturing i don't know but the point is is like you know we've all got our sort of individual drives and that's part of uniquely who what you know makes us individuals on the other hand we also have this universal drive um you know within us to connect to something greater than ourselves and to have a, a, a purpose a big a big purpose you know and i think sometimes today we can cut ourselves off from that big purpose by focusing too much on our, our small little world, like our own little self experience, our, our family or our relationship or, you know, our community or something like that. And I think we see this a lot, you know, played out in the media and stuff when people are battling against each other ideologically and so on. We forget that we're all part of one human family that has a, you know, kind of a, a single origin and, and, a, and a, certainly a spiritual um, universality that, that it shares, right? And, um, you know, we kind of get caught up in that individualized part of ourselves. And that's, that's a challenge because obviously as a human being, you know, we have this body and we inhabit this, you know, this particular vehicle and, you know, it carries us around and it has its ails and its, its ups and downs and so on. So we feel it very acutely, right? But I think one of the challenges is that we don't really connect ourselves often enough uh, to a bigger purpose and really even have any kind of way that we can state that. In other words, we don't really know what our purpose is, right? We might have a vague goal like, oh, I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm, you know, 45 or I want to, you know, have a company that has, you know, $2 million in revenue per quarter by, you know, whatever. Those are Those are goals and those are milestones and things like that. And they're not unimportant. They are very important. But what's more important, I think, and I think you would agree with me, is the purpose behind those goals. You know, the purpose behind those goals. So the goals really help to, you know, help you to achieve the the bigger purpose. Um, but if you don't have that bigger purpose, then you're just chasing after goals and sort of material realizations and things like that without the connection to something greater. And that Manley Hall stresses that a lot in this, actually, and throughout all of his, honestly, mm -hmm. throughout all of his teachings. Right. So, um, well, he doesn't deny the very physical things we no, have to do no, not every at all. day to make yeah. a living. This yeah. is, you know, if you want to be a used car salesman, great. Um, do that with purpose, even mm -hmm. if it's something that seems very per purposeful in itself, like raising a family, sure. uh, becoming a teacher, uh, you know, giving service to the, you know, the community, even yeah. that uh, with that needs a larger purpose that you're living out. Yeah. Uh, you're not just doing, you're not just, you know, goals help you achieve that and goals are very important, but, uh, but a purpose actually, it helps drive the goal. You know, it actually energizes, goes beyond the goal. It's, yeah. You're attached to a larger purpose. You still maybe want to achieve your goal, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you're you're doing it with this greater context and a greater power as well. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're connecting on a deeper, more emotional, more in some ways more personal, deeply personal level mm -hmm. in your heart's desires that connects with this larger universal. It's not really some vague thing out there. It's also very connected. Uh, and I think as that connection gets made, that's where your purpose is. And then whatever your goal is, whatever you want to do in life will be done with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, purpose gets, I think, to the one of the things he talks about in there is, is is getting yourself in alignment with the sort of universal principles or universal laws uh, that exist. 
and you know sometimes we fight against that as human beings in a sort of rebellious way you know we don't want to be controlled it's like he talks about how when you're kind of an you know an unruly youth and you leave home and you know you think finally i'm out on my own and i can do what i want and all of this but then you you know you realize that there are universal principles behind everything there's laws of cause and effect and you know there's there's a spirit you know sort of spirit of love reigning over everything if you're allowing that to to be a part of your life and there's a you know there's 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 all these these kinds of um laws behind the scene and purpose that already exists in the universe if you if you care to to see them and really what the point is is that you've got to put yourself in alignment with those things you know in in a way where your individual you know your sort of individual soul is connected with those universal principles right so um and this is what he says about it. I just want to read this because he says somewhere along the line of his growth and unfoldment, the individual becomes aware of these principles. And with this awareness, there comes the gradual spiritual insight, which causes him to take a firm stand and to take his own place among these principles to accept them and to become their servant. Uh, in the Buddhist doctrine, it's the final commitment to the self or of the self to fact or reality that divides between the so-called involutionary processes of spirituality and the evolutionary process. So involutionary process kind of going into the body and into materiality, evolutionary process kind of releasing from that and moving upwards and, and outwards and in essence and growing. Uh, once the individual has reached this point of personal dedication, his life becomes a meaningful, continuing unfoldment of purpose. You know, and Manley Hall in this, in this document is very careful not to lay out what he you know, to try and tell you what he thinks all these universal principles are. Um, but, you know, he's, you know, he's kind of pointing in, in directions of compassion and, you know, sort of a natural order and, and, you know, sort of spontaneous abundance like that the earth provides and certain, you know, certain, certain things and si the cyclical nature of life and, you know, the sort of, you know, all of these different, different points that are made and, you know, different, different philosophies and religions have different sort of ideas about what these principles are, but, you know, many of them agree on, 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 on a lot of the concepts. Uh, but the point is, is that, you know, you, you know, these things already within yourself, you know, they're in there. It's like when they say things like the microcosm and the macrocosm, you know, the human beings and microcosm and then outside the universe is a macrocosm, you know, you already have all of these things within yourself and you know, these truths when you're in the still space when you're quiet you know the difference when you when you're doing something right when you're doing something wrong when something's in alignment with principle or purpose and when something is not in alignment with principle or purpose you know and you can you know things will come up in your dreams things will come up in your daily feelings you know you'll have adverse reactions to it when you're out of alignment and so on you you, you know you know when you're not doing those things and so, you know, I mean, we can just look at something like, like health as an example, the principles of good health, you know, in the physical body, right? You know, you need to get out and get some exercise and you need to get air and sunlight and drink the proper amounts of water and, you know, have a decent diet and, and all this stuff, right? So we know that stuff and we can feel when that's getting out of balance. Well, just as, just as soon as, you know, we know we can see those things and we understand those things. Those are just the sort of physical manifestations of those same sort of spiritual ideas, right? that exist on the inner plane and they also exist on the outer invisible world, you know, and our job then, you know, is to put ourselves in alignment with that, in that purpose and in our, in our own individual way. 
and see that bigger, that bigger sense. You know, we talked a little bit before the show about purpose and how that drives someone and moves someone forward and really literally can mean, you know, that can mean the difference between life and death. If you have that purpose and that alignment aligned with a, a real principle or something that's really substantial and universal for yourself, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and not having that, you know, and you talked a little bit about Viktor Frankl and his experience and he was in Auschwitz, right? He was in a he concentration a camp, in, yeah. in a concentration camp in World War II, uh, with other doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he saw people, some people die and some people survive uh, under conditions that they as doctors thought would have been impossible. And it wasn't the strongest or the strongest willed. Uh, he was wondering, you know, what it is about the ones who were able to endure uh, this just suffering on, on uh, you know, so many levels, but at least the, the very least of which is the physical body. Sure. Uh, told that it took. And he, quoting Nietzsche, which I don't really know the original source behind that, but the context is more important with, with Viktor Frankl. And he said, uh, as long as there is a why, you can get through any how. Yeah. And to unpack that, if, you know, it's like, how am I going to survive? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through high school <laughs> or final exams or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, how am I, you know, there's a lot of, how is this, how can I get the, oh, it's so hard. How am I going to get healthy again? How am yeah. I going to find true love? Um, that's not far enough. Uh, you need a why. Why do I want true love? Why do I want to get through these exams? Yeah. Um, why do I want to become, get in a healthy state and, and align with that once again? You know, what does that mean? You know, yeah. It means I can hug my kids. So one of the things Frankl, Frankl thought about, and he talked to the other uh, uh, internments too, that how uh, he looked forward to seeing his kids. So he's in line with family, the notion, this archetype of family and ancestors and survival and, and what an inspiration of survival it would be for his whole family and, yeah. and those around him. That It's beyond, even beyond just him hugging his family again. It's mm. the archetype of family. It's the notion of family. It's yeah. the, uh, the universal principle. And that, uh, that connection. That work there. Yeah, that connection. And why. Yeah. Then the how became secondary. It was still very difficult, but it became very doable because there was why. It had to happen. Mm-hmm. You weren't worried about the how. Yeah. Uh, you just had to deal with it. But the why, you connect with the why. Why am I doing this? If, no matter, whatever it is, whatever it is you want to do. I don't want to, want to become a welder. Well, you know, people, you know, need things fixed and, sure. you know, uh, yeah, security and, and you uh, can safety for people. And, you know, and you're connected with that, you know, the, guild, that's with that the guilds, uh, even yeah. of you know, professions were connected with a little more spiritual and uh, archetypal energies. Yeah. Um, and they're there to, you know, those things are there to help you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it makes the how to run your small business mm-hmm. or work at home or uh, whatever it is you're doing, uh, it makes it more possible because you're more connected with, with something larger than you, even if your goal is still very much the same. Yeah. Um, it's not you have to give up your goal or who you are to become, oh, no, I'm a, no, exactly. a martyr or I'm altruistic. It's do what you want to do, but do it with your heart. Do it because you love it. Yeah. Do it be- and if yeah. somebody else sees you doing what it is you love, they might not like what you do. What mm-hmm. if you're a clothing designer? I don't care about that. 
Um, sorry, uh, but you know, it's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Well, wait a minute. But, why are you, but, why are you, but apolog- I care about, oh, I you're care apologizing about... <laughs> to the clothing designer that's listening? Yeah, okay. sure. Well, why not? Yeah. But, but I, I love the enthusiasm yeah, yeah. of being passionate about but your look, art and your that's... craft and bringing something to exactly. people that they've never seen before. That I'm on board with. And all that's the, way, the universal, know? isn't that's it? A that's principle. the universal principle. And it's the principle of creation and creativity and sharing beauty and art and uh, doing something you love and trying to make the world a better place through, through your own actions. And those are the purposes and principles that we're talking about. So the exactly. specifics, right, are those things that are unique to us. Like, oh, you know, I want to be an IndyCar driver or I want to do this or I want to do that. And those things are, are fantastic. And that's our, you know, our own unique sort of individual path in life. But when we connect those things to something greater than ourselves, and then we even really kind of connect it to a compassionate sort of a statement or vow, you know, to do, try and do something of good and try to be a, a person that, you know, relieves the, you know, the suffering of others and, you know, tries to make the planet a better place to live, tries to heal the earth, animals, you know, trees, plants, and so on, um, you know, and pick, kind of pick your thing, whatever your heart is, you know, calling you to do. Um, but, you know, you can really, really make a, a huge difference by doing that. And it's not only going to make your, you know, your sort of individual work that you do better because you see it in a bigger picture kind of a context, but it, it also makes the world a, a better place because you're connected to something greater than yourself. And it's not just, you know, and that's the thing. It's the idea of this Bodhisattva vow where I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be this compassionate person that helps others achieve you know, enlightenment and it helps alleviate suffering and stuff is, you know, not just for Buddhists, right? I mean, anyone can do that of any sort of belief system. You, you make that dedication yourself. It doesn't mean you have to be a monk. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily like be a social worker or, you know, or be a mother Teresa working, you know, with, with lepers in, in India or something. It doesn't have to be this, you know, this, this, if that's not your calling, it could be, it could be, that might be your calling. Right. But I think you're, you're going to know that. Um, you know, but the point is, is it can be these, what we might even observe as something somewhat mundane because we take it for granted. Well, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, a guy that owns a restaurant, but, but you're not, you know, you're a guy that's providing sustenance and, and, you know, love through your food and compassion to others. And maybe you figure out a way that, you know, you can feed some homeless people in the neighborhood with some extra stuff you have, or, you know, because you're, you're doing such a great work, you've got some extra funds and now you can, you know, donate that to a cause or something, but it's because you're, you know, connected to that bigger purpose. Like I'm not just owning a restaurant. I'm, I'm helping sustain and feed and, you know, and, and send, you know, food that's filled with love out to people and make, make people's lives better. That's the purpose. That's different than, you know, I want to have a, a hamburger restaurant that makes, you know, $20 million a year or something. Right. And, and th- th- they're related, you know, they're related, the goals and the sort of milestones and the sort of tangible stuff you need to do, uh, you know, to make those things happen are related. But the bigger thing, it's, it's like the idea when, you know, said uh, when, when Jesus was talking and, and the, uh, the quote is, let me think here real quick. Um, Seek uh, first the, the kingdom of heaven and all else will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else will be added unto you. So, you know, it's like going after the kingdom of heaven is that, is that spiritual principle. It's that purpose. It's that, you know, connection to the, to the, to the bigger, the bigger aim in life. Right. And then, you know, those details and stuff, then we'll all support that. I think that's what, what he meant. And I don't, you know, necessarily want to, well, there's something really catalyzing, very energizing about a purpose. It brings something to life. that's not there. I tell you, uh, 
just you know even in every you know they movies or something you know the the guys at the crap table and he's shaking up the dice and you know baby needs a new pair of shoes a lot of times you know we're not even really motivated to do things for ourselves we need somebody to need us (laughs) baby Baby needs needs a new new pair of shoes well you're talking about sinatra i was kind of folding this all right i I like that but you know the face that launched the thousand ships by the way the battle of troy just to contextualize that i was talking about sinatra before we we got on the show so unless they can read our minds this is us Uh, talking i didn't know if that made it yeah it it all blurs together doesn't it it's all it uh, does anyway but no baby does need a new pair of shoes damn it and so we're rolling those dice but you're right. That's a great example. It's like that; those actions connected to something bigger, some purpose. You well, know. you go off to war for the motherland. Sure, You're, sure. You know, it's you know, for country and flag yep. and, and, and these, these kinds of things. And that's, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's why it's such so, a powerful archetypal thing, that you've got to be careful you're doing it for, the, for, for positive and sort of constructive reasons too, right? Well, sure, you can be, you know, that's how cults and, um, mm-hmm. you know, brainwashing or movements mm-hmm. or, you know, despots or things yeah. like that, yeah, yeah, get yeah. You, you know, fired up into thinking that this is the you know, way to do it, right? So you know, this is the purpose. This is yeah. the divine purpose, the divine wind, you know, the master race or, you know, sure. some, some other, you know, ridiculous thing that, you know, yeah, a, exactly. you know endless suffering upon people. Well, and that's the um, thing about real, real true purpose is going to co- have compassion at its core. It's going to have you know, it's going to have a sort of an altruistic sort of feel to it. And it's not going to depend on uh, or, or perpetuate the suffering of anyone else, you know, and that's the, that's the reality of it. Right. And so, you know, you've got to, you've got to weigh out some of your individual ideas and kind of go, all right, you know, is this for the greater good or is this just for my own personal edification, you know, or my own ego. Right. And, and, you know, sometimes it is just for your own ego. If it's not, you know, if it's not a negative thing and it's not hurt, hurting anyone else, then, hey, you know, take a look at it. But you can do, you can do that with a purpose. You can do that with a purpose know? as well. Exactly. Exactly. Because, um, you know, purpose, even the purpose itself, it's not that it's a, it doesn't make your goals any loftier. Yeah. Your goals could be just what they are. They could be very mundane or run of the mill or you want to sure. run a car shop or you want to, you know, do anything that, you know, of interest. Uh, you can do that with spirit and conviction and integrity. Yeah. Uh, some of these values. Um, and honesty, you're upholding them. You know, honesty by, and compassion. Yeah, you run an and, honest shop. Yeah. That, uh, you know, putting in mufflers or something. Yeah. And you, you get a rep for that, you know. Absolutely. And, or something. That's with purpose. So, exactly. again, you're right. It, it's not so you don't have to volunteer. No, you can't. You can be an no, activist they, or yeah. volunteer. They're, they're, but you're already doing that anyway, right? Yeah. That's where you're going. Whatever it is. But you could do some of those things without purpose. It's It works the other way. You could do something on the service. might be very service-oriented or altruistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, you might you might have lost that larger purpose too. Yeah, and uh, and you're going through the motions. competitive and everything. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, so, look look at academia and look at the church. Look at some of these some of these bureaucratic institutions that you know were created with the aim of doing good and with being con- connected to this compassion and having this kind of purpose of a, of a universal scope. You know, it's easy to get off track and just you know, drag in your own ego desires and egocentricity and so on into those situations where you're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be dedicated to something, to something greater than yourself. Right. You know, when people, and then you can see when people abuse those situations of power 
you know, when they're, when they're supposed to be helping and they don't do that, they, you know, and, and, and we've all, you know, seen a million t- things that, you know, kind of make us wary of, 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 of some of these organizations and so on. But, you know, it's not the organization and it's not the, you know, it's not that it, these things aren't trying to serve higher principles. It's that the people involved oftentimes get off track or they went in for the wrong reasons or they're not really dedicated to their true purpose or principles. You know what I mean? And that's where, you know, we've got to really get clear on, on what those are. And, you know, just like you said, I mean, again, those, you know, some of these, these universals, it's some, somewhat hard to define them, but, you know, they usually involve love and compassion and honesty and clarity, you know, um, you know, and treating your neighbor as you wish to be treated and, you know, not harming others and things like that. I mean, these are pretty, you know, these, these are the universal things we know. Um, they have to be pretty in line with what you really deeply feel and believe. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, true. Not if you're deeply in believing, you know, bitter and jaded and cynical, which can happen. Um, but we know what you're right. We well, you've got to clear that out and get to the heart of like, you know, some of some of the principles that are at the core of us, you know, in our spiritual being and not our hurt, individualized egocentric uh, way of looking at things sometimes because we were right? talking about shams or scams, you know, mm-hmm. uh, taking advantage of well-meaning people mm-hmm. that can make you hardened and cynical. Yeah. yeah. And you know how horrible it is that people do that to yeah. these nice people. Sure. Uh, you can also bring into that equation, uh, even though these people got shafted <laughs> or taken advantage of, mm-hmm. uh, wow, how beautiful it is. The human nature still wants to do something to help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so in a way it's almost a confirmation of something, you know, that's really good. So, and um, you know, forgiveness. So kind of look for that too, you know, and you've yeah. got to have, yeah. you've, you've got to have some forgiveness for the situations that you've been through forgiveness for yourself and forgiveness for others. You know, the things that you did wrong and things that, you know, were done wrong un, unto you and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that's another one of these sort of universal principles. Forgiveness is, you know, directly related to compassion without forgiveness. You know, we can't really have, a dedication to compassion or a dedication to, you know, to a, to a higher purpose, uh, because, you know, we're only interested in defending our own kind of egocentric point of view and our own hurts and, and so on. And I think that's oftentimes what happens to people that become pathological in their lives, you know, is that those, the things that they do to others happen to them when they were, when they were young and you can't, you know, really blame them for acting that way. They learned that behavior, right? Um, But at the same time, you know, at a certain point, we all have to sort of take responsibility for for the things that have happened to us, but also to the things that we're doing to other people and look and say, okay, look, you know, this happened to me, but I don't need to perpetuate that because I was abused. I don't need to abuse my kids. I'm going to stop the the pattern and the cycle and I'm going to have compassion for those people that, you know, did me wrong. And I'm going to have compassion for myself for maybe doing the wrong thing also, but I'm stopping it you know, go and sin no more. Like Jesus said, right. It's like, you recognize it and you recognize it. You have to forgive and you also have to let it go, but you have to not do that thing any longer. You know, you have to have the opportunity to redeem yourself. If you just do it one time, then you're condemned. Well then, you know, too bad. Yeah. But with through forgiveness and a second chance and, you know, things like that, you know, you have to uh, have the opportunity to, to show that you've done that or transcend it. Uh, I know it's kind of a little off the wall, but I'm thinking of a, a movie um, back in the 80s called The Blues Brothers. It was the original one with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, blues guys, it's a comedy. It has some great blues music in it. 
but they were dedicated to a purpose beyond themselves um, to accomplish the goal that they needed. Um, which was, it was which a, was what for those for those of of, of us the listening. Basic right? setup is that there's two brothers, the Blues brothers. One of them at the beginning gets out of jail. Yeah, he obviously <laughs> did something wrong. Now yeah. it opens up. He's getting out of jail, so uh, he, that precedes him. Um, and then uh, they go back to the orphanage uh, where they grew up and find out that it was getting closed down because mm-hmm. of some tax thing. And they needed some money by a certain amount of time. They're like, hey, no problem. We can yeah. have it by midnight. <laughs> and the, the nun is like, yeah. no, you're, I, I don't want your dirty money. Yeah, I believe you, she, you have to redeem yourself. She hit and them with the ruler, did she not? Several times. Several times. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's hilarious. <laughs> you, you really need to see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's actually a historic document because a lot of the blues players that are oh, yeah. in the movie are yeah. no longer with us. And uh, great. Oh, yeah. There's some amazing players in that movie. It's incredible. John Lee Hooker. Yeah, yeah. Muddy Waters uh, is in that too, isn't he, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, John Lee Hooker. Is it? Oh, John Lee Hooker, but not Muddy's. Yeah, not in that Ray one? Charles. Ray Charles. And, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, no, it's 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 quite a. Uh, that's right. John Lee Hooker is cast. singing out on the street, isn't he? Before when they're going. Yeah, into, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's a yeah. fantastic movie. Fantastic movie. But they had a purpose, uh, didn't they? Well, and they kept saying that yeah. we got to get the band back together, and that we we can make legitimate money for the orphanage. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's crazy! It'll never happen. Ah. Oh. We're on a mission from God. No, do it. No, you gotta catch- do. Hold on, <laughs> yes. you gotta do it. Do it right. Do it right. How did they say the it? band? He's <laughs> got to get the band back. Together. That's Belushi. And then what did he yeah. say? And then and then the Ackroyd is. It's okay, ma'am. We're on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. God. <laughs> I can't. I can't do a proper yeah. Chicago accent, uh, but he really. Uh, it's it's genius. That movie is amazing. That was, so uh, even in something madcap and comical, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but but in a way, it was actually very true yeah. and as absurd as it got and they all wound up in jail at the end the whole entire band did because it was <laughs> yeah know, exactly they may have done illegal things yeah but the money they raised was, was legit legitimate they sold they sold concert tickets yep. and and they and, saved uh, and, and they, they put on a the concert that was kick-ass yeah. and uh, so that money was made legitimately all the exactly. other stuff got him in jail so but that's it, the, uh, it fulfilled the mission and it was something be a lot of but we're on a mission from god you know yeah. that made help them get through it because yeah. it was impossible odds and exactly um, yeah and some of you know and that's the thing is too is no you know some of these you know there's some somewhat shady characters we might think or different types of people that are doing things we don't necessarily agree with but you know oftentimes you know they are connected to a purpose that we don't see and we may not even understand that that does have something to do with a higher purpose and you know, you know, some of these trickster figures that we see in mythology represent that sort of thing. You know, this energy that frees up certain things or tricks people into stuff, but it eventually teaches them what they need to know or, you know, so we can't even it's hard to even judge sometimes if people are, you know, are 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 their purpose is, you know, benevolent or it's malevolent. Right. But if I think the thing is, if we just assume like that kind of as you know, that everything is coming to us for a reason and we try to find the meaning behind it. And that's where purpose can come into play. Purpose is definitely connected to meaning. You know, we can get through things and we can understand what we need to learn from those things and move forward despite the the things that happen, even if they're painful or they seem, you know, like we got ripped off or used or this person did this or that and we want to have these grudges you know, we learn the, 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 the truth behind them. And then we convert that into a, a compassionate sort of response 
to the outer world, to ourselves, to the, to our inner world. And, and we, we dedicate that negative energy to something positive. And that's, again, getting back to that vow, that sort of bodhisattva idea of, you know, turning, turning pain into something, something that, you know, has meaning and purpose to it. Um, and, and, and trying to alleviate the suffering of, of others through our, through our actions, right. And whatever we're doing. So, you know, one of the things he gets into is actually in, um, is thinking about this and, this can be a really helpful exercise is, um, and I'll just kind of read this and then we'll talk about it. But um, it's just about finding your, you know, kind of finding your purpose or, fi- you know, kind of making a vow that you put into your own words that gives you meaning and purpose in your life. And he said, I think this whole concept is not sufficiently appreciated or used in the West. And re- prior to this, I'll set it up that he was talking about how in Thailand, um, most, most men, uh, We'll go into uh, we'll go into seclusion. They'll go into Buddhist um, orders for a certain period of time uh, to really kind of uh, they won't stay there. They don't become a monk for their entire lives. Some of them do, but everyone goes in for a period of time. Uh, the, the males, I don't know the female, the fem- women may as well uh, these days. I don't know, uh, but the the point is is that you go into seclusion to kind of figure out a purpose and to make sure you get a sort of centering no matter what you're going to do like even the king would go in and take a certain amount of time to become a monk so that he could sort of refine and you know understand purpose in life and dedicate um himself to a compassionate sort of viewpoint and how and you know create a bigger purpose in in life right so he said i think manly hall said i think this whole concept is not sufficiently appreciated or used in the west i wonder how many persons who are students of philosophy and religion have ever sat down quietly and made a brief statement of what they wanted to do with their lives a clear statement based in law that's with a capital l summarizing personal capacity and most of all the statement of a general universal good which they profoundly and definitely hope this life would confer. This is not a statement of what I want, what I visualize an acceptable standard of living, but a statement of what I am going to give to life in what way I'm going to confer the blessings of the law in what degree and in what manner will I permit this eternal law to operate through myself in the next 40 or 50 years, you know, depending on when one does that. Right. So the point is, I mean, you can do that anytime in your life. It might be the next 10 or 20 years. It might be the next five or 10 years. I mean, it depends on, on one's lifespan, but the point is, is that, you know, we should, we should take that time to sit down and do that and really formulate a statement uh, that, that we use, you know, and you'd be a few, he talks about it being a couple paragraphs or, or maybe a paragraph or two at the most of that you continually refine as time goes on that kind of like what you're dedicated to and what your purpose is in life. And again, this is not to say, and it's not important to have those goals of like, you know, what I want to have, hap- what I want to happen for myself and what I, you know, the type of money I'd like to earn, where I want to live and these sorts of material goals. Those things are adjunct to our purpose as well. They're, they're necessary for our life. But it's setting ourselves in a, on, on this higher purpose first and then going back and saying, OK, well, in, you know, in order to do to do this, then I, I need to have these things in my life and I have to take care of myself and be independent and so on and be a, a good member of society, uh, you know, and a productive member of society. So I want, you know, X, Y, Z to happen in my life as well. But you're aiming at that, that, that bigger purpose, you know, that bigger purpose. And, and, you know, that's, that's something that I think, you know, I, I, I've, I've tried to do that at times and I, you know, and I need to, to get back to doing that and, and, and make sure I'm clarifying that. And, you know, we've been working on that. You and I have uh, obviously, um, you know, working through this material on the show and stuff. And that's very helpful. 
Um, you know, and it, but it's, you know, it's one of these things you're continually refining it and going back and looking at it and making sure you're on, on the right track, you know, even on a daily basis or a weekly basis to look at this little statement and kind of make sure you're connected to your purpose, you know, right. And the wording I is going to so. be individual, you know, the wording, you're going to find that wording for yourself, but to, but to take that time and really block out like, you know, some, some hours, some days, some weeks, some months to, to get at that and really create that statement that gives you some purpose so that you have that to, it's your foundation. You know, that's mm-hmm. what, what he's talking about when you're connected to compassion and connected to um, this Bodhisattva vow ideal that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to live my life, but for the, you know, for the benefit of, of, of others. And by doing so I, I will grow, you know, that's not my purpose, but that's the, that's the sort of thing that comes out of it. It's a natural outgrowth. I will be happy. I will find joy because I'm bringing that to other people. And that's the, that's the thing about, I think sometimes our, you know, our culture is a bit narcissistic. You know, we talk about self-love and self-care and self this, and, you know, we're taking selfies and that's it, all fine. It's, it's good to do that stuff. It's good to shore up one's self and to take, you know, to take care and to take time for the things you need. It's excellent but it can become obsessive. It can become narcissistic. Right. And so, you know, connecting, reconnecting back to the idea of purpose and making sure you're giving first, you know, creates a sort of a, I don't know. It's like, it, it just puts the wheels in motion for your own happiness. You know, you're not going to create happiness by trying to be happy. You're, you're really not. I mean, I, I think people run around and they're like, Oh, this drink will make me happy. This car will make me happy. This, you know, this guy or this girl will make me happy and this job, you know, we're always looking, looking, looking outside of ourselves. Right. But really it's happiness is a, it's a byproduct. It's It's a byproduct. The result of doing things in a certain way. Some with meaning and purpose and joy. Mm -hmm. How about that? How about this for a purpose? Become more joyful in your life. Yeah. How about that? And because if you do, you will bring more joy to the world. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Forgive the holiday reference, but, uh, you know, or peace or mm, compassion or whatever it yeah. is, or just, or, um, calmness. Sure. Sure. Become more calm. And then when you move through life, you will be doing it as a calm person. Someone might recognize that calm mm-hmm. on a unconscious level Yeah, and, and be affected that way. You're just bringing that. So it can be something, you know, very, because uh, it, it gets difficult finding, well, what is the purpose? How do I find, mm-hmm. you know, this purposeful? Um, but one of the easiest purposes, in a way, uh, is to share, is to share what yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is you've picked up along the way, um, you, chances are somebody knows a little bit less than you. Yeah. And is also interested in this, that you dedicated, you see, we, we've already been dedicated to things. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. our life, as we're looking for our purpose, what, what have we been a disciple of learning the history of, you know, the sports teams or the race car drivers yeah. or uh, you know, the heritage of sure, your family sure. or things yeah, like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he brings this on page two of this, this pamphlet. He says, therefore, he's talking about, uh, about this, this idea of sharing. He goes, it changed the truth seeker into the truth sharer. So if you've realized some truths or you have skills in a trade or a love of uh, baseball cards or whatever it is, share model trains, share it. You have no idea. There could be all kinds of people that would love, you know, their kids to see a model train. They've never seen it before. 
yeah. and give them something to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's a, it could be almost be a throwaway for you because we take it for granted if it's something that we have, we've done a lot of lifestyle mm-hmm. hobby. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's a game changer for somebody. Absolutely. You know? No, it's absolutely true. Um, and, you know, you may take, there's purpose. You may take things for granted. You know, it's, it, it's like one of these, you know, let's say, you, you know, you, you, you think, well, you know, nobody needs this information or whatever. Like, and then, you know, for example, like, oh, I, I know how to cook or something. And then you start, you know, running into young people and you, you see how like a lot of, a lot of young people now are, you know, they don't know how to cook and they don't, you know, really know how to prepare meals and plan and shop at the, grocery store and things like that just kind of basic stuff that you know you know back when we went to school you had to do things like home ec and you know your family would kind of teach you like how to do certain things but you know unfortunately a lot of young people aren't growing up with these kinds of teachings and they don't know how to do it so now what's what's you know what people are doing a lot on on social media and stuff and they're making videos on youtube and obviously doing instagram posts of it and so on and just you know anywhere where social media is you know, sharing things like, like cooking or sewing skills or these different kinds of life skills that you sort of take for granted that you have um, might make a big difference in somebody else's life. So I, I, I really appreciate that you talked about that sharing. It's, it's, that can be, you know, that can be a very compassionate act to just share knowledge and skills, but also, you know, sharing of one's possession, sharing of, you know, one's, one's abundance, if you have that, sharing of one's time, sharing of one's love. Any of these things can, can, can be a very valuable purpose in your life. And, you know, and, and in, in return, you know, the beautiful thing is, like you said, uh, you know, you, you, sh- you share that joy, you give that joy and, and it comes back to you. It's a byproduct of that. And that's where the happiness comes from. And, you know, seeking it for yourself first and, you know, and, and trying to desperately cling to, you know, making yourself happy all the time. It brings misery over time to do that. It really does. And you can think about your own life and think about when you're grasping at happiness, grasping at a relationship grasping at a job and trying to hang on to the, the little bit of the little bit that you have or whatever of happiness. And, and it, it just, it all crumbles away at a certain point. And you realize like, you, you know, the grasping itself is the problem The chasing after it is the problem. The joy is elusive, you know, um, what is that Blake uh, saying? It's, um, uh, well, that's great. That's great. So let's. That's just, what he said. Well, that's, that's great. exactly what he said. He said. I, all I can think of is it's something about the joy. It's, no, it's something about the joy. Hold on, hold on. I'm actually going to look for this up real quick. I've got a computer in Blake. front of me. All right, and I'm going to look it up. Just, but by the way, just you say something. And William I'm Blake, um, around the time of the Revolution, American Revolution, late 1700s, uh, early 1800s, uh, mid 1800s, English uh, poet, writer, mystic. He is the one in his. Uh, his treatise, The Marriage of Heaven and Hell, he said, if the doors of perception were cleansed, things would be seen as they are infinite, of which Aldous Huxley used in his book, Doors of Perception. And it was through that that Manzarek and Jim Morrison got together and named their band The Doors. So that's a... Thank you. Sort of... Thank you for that. Thank you for that little, <laughs> little segue as I'm changing my guitar string. Well, well you, were, you were looking up a Blake. Quote, I know. Like, I appreciate gave a little that. Blake. Uh, I appreciate that. That worked really well. Thank you. Because okay, I, right. I found it in the meantime. So here it good. is. All right. William Blake. He right. who binds to himself a joy does the winged life destroy. He who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. 
lives in eternity's sunrise. That's a beautiful little saying about, you know, you're not grasping at it. You cannot bind joy to yourself. You have to give it away. You have to let it fly and you have to share it. Kiss it as it Kiss it, away. share it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And that's all heart-based nice. sort of um, feeling-oriented connection to the world. And, you know, so often we try to think or, you know, use sensation or, you know, kind of like our, you know, motive power and physical materiality or, you know, some brute force intellectual powers and so on to get through life. And generally it's, you know, it's the heart that puts us in the right direction in terms of our spiritual, um, our spiritual direction, our spiritual purpose. So one thing too, you can do, and, you know, we're going to wrap it up here uh, very shortly, but um, is to, you know, meditate when you're doing this. If you, if you sit down and do this with a piece of paper and maybe do some sketches or drawings and a little bit of writing or whatever you do to kind of open up an idea of writing down your purpose or your sort of vow for life or your aim, you know, that's aimed at service and sharing compassion, this sort of thing. And, you know, in your own words and in your own ways, you're going to find, find the, you know, find the words that, that, that help you to connect to that. Uh, but, you know, focus on your heart while you're doing that. You know, you can do a little meditation while you're doing that. Just focus on the breathing, kind of focus on your heart and stop trying to think so much and feel your way through it a bit. Use that heart, heart mind instead of the, you know, the head mind. Right. And uh, or, or some people feel in their gut more, you know, there's sort of gut oriented kind of um, logic or 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 um, wisdom. You know, it might be then that's those are more feeling and, and sort of. They're, they're based in a different type of um, a different type of information, you know, and oftentimes that's what I think we're trying to get at, you know, with a lot of these uh, these ideas that are, you know, how we talk about the feminine and we talk about, um, you know, Mother Earth and we talk about this sort of receptive qualities and stuff archetypally. It's that sort of energy that we're t that we're talking about. It's, it's it's a sort of a compassionate quality. It's a there's a nurturing, there's a there's a receptiveness and it's it's, you know, that's this sort of field of energy that everything is built upon that's this that's that's the source you know then the active nature comes in and you know and it creates itself within that that womb but that you if you go back to that source it's a receptive source do you know what i mean and so you've got to get into that that sort of mindset and you've got to get well it's even mindset isn't even really the word i'm looking for you've got to get into that yeah. heart set well the reason why it's, it's receptive is because a purpose a dedication is aligned with what you have to give to give the who you are the what you are yeah not even just with the stuff you have but you as what you are is what is being offered up that is what is giving and therefore the purpose obviously needs a reset so yeah you're looking for a receptive target but the uh what is being projected or presented is what do i have to offer Exactly. Yes, I want to run a car shop. Yeah, that'd be great. I want yeah. to restore old cars because sure. people like them. That's fine. Okay, or I want to make socks or something. What's the, you know, what do I have to give? Yeah. How can this, you know, what is what is in that? Uh, and a sock company can literally give a pair of socks away for everyone that's yeah. purchased yeah, that's to, to somebody who needs yeah, a sock. Exactly. You know, and those become business models now. Sure, sure. Um, this is a fair. This yeah. is a fairly common thing these days, which is exciting. That's a that's a new way of doing things and. You know, those things and still make a profit. It's definitely still can still be a profit model. I'm not yeah. shying away from that. No, for sure. In fact, you may need to make a lot of profit if you're really going to offer more. Um, but just everybody has something to give. Yeah. And it may seem like that's futile, yeah. uh, especially people uh, in middle life uh, in the 50s. Uh, there's a 
40s and 50s, there seems to be a growing discontent in that group, a lot of males. I think it was sometimes it's a male-oriented thing, uh, or at least traditionally, yeah. uh, that having yeah. a purpose, uh, the, some people die their first year in retirement yeah. when they went to a job for 30 years on a Monday morning at 9, they have a heart sure, attack, sure. Uh, because they, they were a sales represented for the third region oh, your whole, yeah, your whole life was wrapped up in that external yeah. purpose wasn't it it wasn't an internal yeah, yeah an award for being the best yeah. regional yeah. claims adjuster in uh the county so um yeah and so I, I think this you know the importance of finding a purpose or dedicate whatever it is you do uh, or just being aligned with purposefulness yeah and meaningfulness and everybody has something to offer if you've yep. been through life, especially some hard knocks. Oh, yeah, exactly. You have something to give. Absolutely. And in a culture that doesn't maybe appreciate ancestors or the elderly as much as some other cultures yeah, do, yeah. Uh, maybe we're not the built-in mechanism for that to be honored. But never question yourself, uh, anybody listening, that you have there is something purposeful and meaningful you can do with whatever you've gained in life up to this point that somebody else uh, could greatly benefit from that's an excellent point and you know i think i like what you said about uh you know about the pains and challenges and so on that you've faced oftentimes that's where you know in the shadow oftentimes that's where the gold is found right and that's what Jung said Absolutely. and so you know in some of those adverse experiences adversities challenges pains heartaches etc that's where we're going to really find our compassion our true spiritual nature and and some of our, our true gifts they're located within those painful spots. And if we can share them with others and we can turn that, you know, we can transmute that like the alchemists like to talk about, transmute that lead into gold, you know, by doing something, something miraculous with it, which is sharing it in a positive and constructive way. And we, we do all have those things. And that's the thing you need to remember as you go through your week and you go into thinking about maybe writing something down and thinking about your, your true purpose in life is that you no matter how difficult things seem or what position you're in right now, there's always something you can give and you're, you know, you're a unique and, uh, you know, spiritual being, uh, you know, a divine child of God, as they say. Right. And that is, that is something unto itself that you can, you can hang on to always. And, and remember that those, those difficult times and those challenges and so on can be turned into something beautiful for other, for other people and for yourself as well by, by, by sharing it, you know, and a lot of artists and, you know, creative individuals have had very difficult lives and they turn, they've turned their pain into beauty. And you can do that even if you're not, you know, a traditional painter or artist or something like this into the service that you're giving, you know, as a, as a nurse or as a, you know, as a doctor or lawyer or whatever position you find yourself in, or even if you don't have any job at all, you say, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to start a little group, um, a support group for people who have went through X, Y, Z, like I have. You know what I mean? And you can turn that into something, something valuable. And so, you know, there, there, there is meaning and purpose in all the stuff that you're experiencing, even if at the time it seems like, oh, my God, why is this happening to me? You know, or, you know, what was this all for? And why do I find myself, you know, in this position now? You know, find the reason, find the meaning and find the purpose in your life. And that stuff will begin to make sense and it'll begin to bring you joy. It sounds crazy, but it, it, it's real. So... All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, I hope that that brought some people uh, some help and comfort. Thank you, Chris, for bringing up this great topic and your uh, your, sure. your great input on this. Um, you know, we are the Cosmic Eye Show. I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and that is Mr. Chris Sheridan out there in L.A. Uh, Chris's book is The Spirit in the Sky, uh, and that is available on your website at Chris Sheridan. 
Amazon.com. Uh, and it's up on Amazon as well. And my book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And that's available on Amazon or CosmicEye.org. And we're here every week with a new show. And uh, if you can, please support us at anchor.fm slash CosmicEye. And we wish you all the best in finding your purpose. And remember, you are a divine child of the universe, a divine child of God. And you have a purpose and aim in this life, even if you feel like you don't, or even if someone told you you don't, you do. And you matter. So have a great week. Goodbye and God bless.